Hello and welcome to the September 12th, 2019 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another edition, two days in a row, might I add, of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is awesome to have everybody with me here today. And of course, it's always wonderful to be out there with you as well. Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, even as compared to yesterday, well, Mr. Joe is flying high. I mean, guys, this is as close as it gets to doing illegal, illicit street drugs and feeling really good while doing them, depending on whatever drug you um, enjoy, or your drug of choice. Um, but this is as close to doing you know, drugs as it gets for Mr. Joe, meaning that this is clearly not an appropriate or a normal mood level at which I'm in because things are just not this cool. Uh, Mr. Joe is not this talkative. Uh, These are the times, guys, where I really get myself into trouble uh, in the sense where I take on way too much responsibility. I start offering to do things for people that I normally would not do that are not my responsibility, especially at work. It's almost like, you know, Mr. Joe lands into the school with a cape on that has a big J on it. And here here comes Super Joe, who's going to come in and save the day unbeknownst to everybody that, you know, in a few days I could be shuffling my feet along the floor and crying deep down inside and not even remembering what I offered to do. Uh, So I got to be really careful with that. And I tried to be today for the most part. And I believe I succeeded in that aspect. But what I'm mostly concerned about, and I actually recognized it yesterday, and ironically, being that I'm even higher today than yesterday, Uh, what happened yesterday has ultimately stopped today. Um, And you would think that it would get even worse. And what I'm referring to is the speed of everything, meaning that everything around me seems like it's taking so long. I am in a rush for everything. I want to be ahead of the game. I mean, guys, it's to the point where, you know, I'm moving so fast that, It's almost like I don't have enough patience to get things done because life is not moving quick enough for my, you know, I guess my brain, so to speak. I I remember specifically even urinating. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I was urinating and in my head I'm saying, come on, come on, let's go. Get it out, get it out. You got to hurry up. And I could not stop myself from thinking like, get up there, flush that toilet, you know, get over there, flush it, uh, dry your hands. I mean, everything was 10 steps ahead of where I really was in that particular moment. And that's a feeling that I actually did not enjoy, to be honest with you. Uh, And thankfully, it's gone away today. Uh, Listen, we've all had that feeling before. If you know what I'm talking about, raise your hand. Um, I get it. You know, you get it. That's a feeling that I oftentimes forget about, though, believe it or not, until it happens again. And again, I guess the best way to summarize it would be, you know, my brain moving at the speed of light and everybody else around me moving at a very normal pace. Well, it doesn't seem normal to me. It seems like nobody can catch up to me. And 
that's part of the bipolar disorder. Now, um, here we are two days in a row. makes me very happy to be back on um, podcasting on a relatively consistent basis. This is what I need. This is what I love. And um, I, I feel, based on the emails that I've been receiving, this is what you all need. And when I disappear for an extended period of time, at least for the ones that have been keeping up with the episodes that are not just discovering Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast, you know, today or yesterday or the day before and starting from episode one, those of you who have been following along, um, you're never mean about it. You're always extremely kind, but at the same token, you're very concerned via email, and you will oftentimes reach out to me either to check out if I'm okay or to see when the heck I'm going to start recording again because uh, apparently my life is parallel to many of yours, and uh, it, it, it gives people not only hope, but it allows people to recognize that they're not alone, that... You know, their significant other who's been acting like a maniac like Mr. Joe, well, there might be a reason behind that. The person who's listening because they can't figure out what the hell is wrong with them, and all of a sudden, you know, their eyes open and they recognize, wow, like, that's me. Like, those are really good things, man, and I don't want to take that away from anybody, so the more that I could produce, the more I will. And as I've said in the past, please understand that life does sometimes get in the way, but... It's amazing, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, the longer I podcast, or the more often I podcast, the better I feel. So um, I have to make a point of it, even when I'm depressed, because I believe that will really help in terms of my depression. Uh, but obviously, again, right now, we're not dealing with any uh, <laughs> any depression. We're dealing with full-blown mania here, and... Um, I mean, is it hypomania or is it mania? I, I don't know. Who cares anymore? None, none of it really matters. Uh, either way, you're in danger to some extent because if you're hypomanic and you're behaving well, well, guess what? There's a good chance that you're going to step right up into the mania and you're going to deal with it anyway. So anyway, I promised that I was going to do a question and answer series. Um, and that, again, has been requested by a number of people in my email. Um, and I have to tell you, well, let's see, I actually wrote this down, hear the paper, okay, I don't always have paper with me, but there are certain times, um, and I didn't rewrite or, or, or copy all the questions, because they were just random, as believe it or not, I actually closed my eyes and scrolled down, I took every question that I had, put them in a separate folder, and I scrolled down through them, and I would open my eyes, and wherever I landed, well, that was the question that I was going to do. And it's funny, because the first two questions, well, one of them, I had to stick to my guns, and it'll be very short in terms of what I answer, because I already addressed this yesterday. It's so weird how life works, because I got into, um, you know, I got into the topic of politics yesterday, <laughs> and I landed on the very first one, politics. And they wanted to know what was my overall view of President Trump. And guess what? I don't have a view. How does that sound? You want to know what my overall view of, is, of President Trump is? Here it is. Many, many years ago, and for those of you who follow wrestling, <laughs> this will make sense to you. Many, many years ago, President Trump was in the corner of a WWE wrestler by the name of Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley's opponent at that particular time 
and God help me, I don't remember. Nevertheless, um, Trump was in Bobby's corner, and Vince McMahon, the owner of WWE, was in this other uh, gentleman's corner, the other wrestler's corner. And whoever won the match, well, the other person was going to have to get his head shaved, meaning that if Bobby Lashley lost the match, Mr. Trump would have his head shaved. And it did not work out like that. Mr. McMahon is the one who had his head shaved. But in thinking back, that's what I know Mr. Trump from. I know him from jumping on Mr. McMahon and punching him in the face and rolling around like two imbeciles on the floor. Um, And, you know, being a very big part of world wrestling entertainment. That's what I know about Trump. So guess what? I like him. I liked him as a wrestler. (laughs) That's about it. I don't know anything else. So, you know, for those of you who hate him, the only reason why I deal with him, okay, is based on the fact that he once was a wrestler. I wish I knew more, guys. I really do. I mean, I got to tell you, the closest I've come to dealing with anything political has happened over the last couple of days where there are these big stories that have now surfaced in terms of vaping and e-cigs. Um, something I used to do when I tried to, you know, when I uh, first quit smoking. As a matter of fact, I quit smoking August 13th, 2011, and I did not um, discover vaping until much later on in life, uh, several years after that, when I had this uh, urge to go back to smoking. Somebody had suggested I try that, and I did, and I was addicted to that for a little bit of time, but uh, very short-lived. I'm not interested in that stuff, but apparently there was now a sixth death that was reported in terms of vaping. Um, So these e-cigs, man, they're they're no joke. You guys got to be careful out there with them. They're targeting our teenage population, and people are dropping dead the same way they're dropping dead from cigarette smoking. And it's it's scary. So when I say politically um, involved, there have been numerous messages that have been Um, I guess, conveyed by some of the political leaders that they want to ban this completely. And I got to tell you, and there's going to be many of you out there that are going to be extremely upset with Mr. Joe. I happen to agree. I happen to agree. I really do. So there's the one piece where I'm probably going to have some backlash in terms of people's opinion. And again, I know it's not necessarily really political, but um, I think we need to get rid of that stuff. I really do, because it's, it's destroying our youth. And it's very scary. Because and, and listen, here's what it comes down to. I'm not against it. I'm against the fact that there was not enough studies done to either qualify or quantify, or whatever the word is, its, its, effect, its safeness. So that's what concerns me the most. And that's really why I want it gone. Or Listen, bring it back. If you could prove statistically that this is a much less harmful way to take in smoking, cigarette smoking, by all means, man, stick with it. But that's that. Uh, so, again, there's my political stance. I don't have an opinion on Mr. Trump. I don't have I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a, you know, what's the other thing? Conservative. I don't even know what they mean. I don't. And for somebody, and I, listen, I know I can sound very intelligent at times. I could sound like an idiot, but there are times where I could sound like a very intelligent man, especially when I am referring to my, um, my expertise 
referring to what I do for a living and what I've dedicated my life to. But when it comes to things like I'm talking, you know, politics, I'm telling you, I'm a moron. I have no idea. And maybe it's because it just doesn't interest me enough. And I've been bombarded and criticized for saying that as well. And I get it. I understand. There's probably a small part of me or maybe even a big part of me that should be concerned with the way our nation is being run. But I just can't seem to bring myself to it because ultimately what it will be is just another damn thing for me to worry about. And I worry about enough. I don't want to worry about something that I have very little control over. And guess what? I know the answer. Oh, that's not true. You do have control. Go in and vote. I get it, guys. I do. I understand. 100% I happen to agree. You know, with whoever whoever I'm imitating that's talking to me. Um, But here's what it comes down to, guys, and I've never been anything but honest. I just don't care enough. I don't care enough. So please forgive me if that's something that upsets you and bothers you. You know, reach out. Let me know, man. And please forgive me for saying it. And, And if it's something that you feel like I need to really, you know, readjust my thought process and get a little bit more involved in, in understanding, let me know. You know, maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm off here. I don't know. And I, I can imagine that I probably am. So anyway, I, um, question number two, and it was crazy because the first two questions really were more about me as a person as compared to any discussion about mental illness, mental illness or substance abuse. So believe it or not, somebody else had asked me, and I do not even remember if I ever addressed this but I am going to now, for those of you who might be interested, for those of you who could care less about my religious beliefs, you know, skip ahead. I think every time you push the fast forward button, it will bring you 30 seconds. If you just tap it, it'll bring you 30 seconds further along into the podcast. So if you're not interested in this, um, you know, by all means, skip over it because religion is not something that I really want to speak about anyway. Okay. Um, here's the history. I'm, I'm a Catholic. However, I'm a Catholic because when I was younger, I was baptized and confirmed and, you know, confirm, uh, what's the other thing? God, I don't even, I don't even know. Penance? I mean, that goes to show you how much I paid attention to that stuff, okay? As I grew up later in life and I found, rediscovered God. And that was going back to around 2011 when I had a real serious uh, altercation with my ex-wife in which, you know, I've spoken about many times where I was not allowed to see my children. Somebody, uh, a dear friend of mine back from high school, uh, who I no longer talk to, so she couldn't be that dear of a friend, but very kind person. She actually uh, opened me back up to rediscovering, you know, religion to some extent, reaching out to God and, you know, helping me get through. And I have to tell you that I was disappointed in myself that once I was saved, I kind of lost sight, and I know I have spoken about this as well, but based on what this woman or this friend from high school has taught me or advised me all the way back to 2011, I think it's safe to say that I'm a Christian now, and the only reason why I say that is because she made mention, and I could be very wrong, that Christians really don't worry about like the Hail Mary and those things. It's more about God. And I have to tell you, I happen to agree. You know, I mean, God is God. You know, you believe in Jesus, you believe in God, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I, I 
heard the stories growing up my entire life about Jesus Christ, so I, I tend to believe in that. I believe that there is a heaven. I believe that my dad is up there. I believe that my old dog is up there. I believe they're all up there, and one day I am going to see them all again. So I believe in that stuff, but I'll tell you this. Crazy enough, believe it or not, my great-grandmother on my mother's side was a full-blown Jewish woman. <laughs> she really was. I don't know if that was the appropriate way to say it. But uh, my mom and my uncle grew up without a religion. and But because my grandmother was such a, a basket case, my great-grandmother, who was the Jewish one, raised my mother and my uncle, brother and sister, so they really grew up more like in terms of the Jewish religion following that. Regardless, when my mother became an adult, she actually got confirmed, oh, I'm sorry, baptized. She was like in her 30s, so I guess you could call it a conversion or a discovery because if she was never Jewish to begin with, you know, she can't say she converted, but I do know this, that Mr. Joe has some Jewish blood in him, and it's, it's what my mother used to refer to as Russian Jewish. Guys, again, I have no idea. Don't, don't have a clue. My grandfather, who passed away on my mother's side when my mom was nine, he was Italian, he was Sicilian. And my uh, grandparents on my father's side are actually right off, I mean, forgive me for saying this, I guess I could say it, right off the boat. Um, as well as my father, believe it or not, you know, they, um, his entire family, right from Italy, from Bari, Bari, B-A-R-I, so in other words, Bares, that's what they call us, um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's the Italian part, and it's kind of cool, my great-grandmother, who was Jewish, her birthday landed on December 25th. So you could only imagine growing up, you know, as crazy as it might have been and as insane in terms of the alcohol that used to go on. And man, do I remember alcoholic parties, man, just taking place when I was a kid. There was a lot to celebrate, though, back then. And man, did we celebrate. And I got to think back, you know, I, I do think back regardless. It's sad because the first thought that comes to mind is my father driving drunk. And I've talked about that many times. But... Wherever we had been before he was driving drunk, things were a lot of fun until we got in that car. So um, that's my religion, I guess you could say. My father, you would never even have known that he was from Italy. He did not have an accent. Um, you know, he spoke Italian. I still kind of remember Italian because I was young when I learned it. As a matter of fact, Bares is a, is a dialect which means it's actually very, very different from the Italian language itself. So when I took Italian in high school, I thought I was going to breeze on through with flying colors, and that was not the case because it was very different. But anyway, so there's my religion. I don't know what it is, okay? I believe in God, um, and that's really what it comes down to. I do believe Jesus in Jesus Christ. I do believe in that, um, whether or not... That means anything? I don't know. I don't know what it makes me. A Catholic, a Christian, I don't know. I just know that I'm hoping one day, or I believe one day, that when I do go up wherever it is that we go, that um, there is an afterlife of some sort, and I'll get to see my old dogs that you know I grew up with. Even the dog, my little uh, dog that you know from my ex-wife and my two older children. I mean, that was a big part of my life. Love that guy. 
Oh, and I don't even know if I told you guys, but, you know, as my dad just passed, I found out just last week, you know, I had been calling my kids and nobody was answering me as usual, but this time around it was based on the fact that my ex-wife's dad died. So, you know, I feel bad for my kids, man. They had their two grandfathers die very close together and, you know, it's been a rough time for them. So, of course, I never want, as much as I can't stand that woman, I never want to see anybody deal with that. And unfortunately, we all have to at some point, but I never want to see anybody else in pain. Because, man, for the first time in my life, I know what it feels like. And for those of you who have said to me in an email, there will never be a day that goes by that you don't think of your father, you could not be of any more right does not matter. There has never been a day since he has passed that I have not thought of that man. Even if, it's, even if it's for a second, and believe me, it's never a second, because the second that he pops into your mind, you know, all of a sudden things start, uh, you know, accumulating in terms of the memories. And I will say this, and you guys are going to call me nuts on this one, but I do believe my father comes around in the form of an orange butterfly, because every time I think of that man, Damn it, man, that butterfly appears. So, who knows? Now, let's move on. Question number three, and I have summarized this pretty easily. It was, do I miss drugs? <laughs> um, and it was a pretty long email. Uh, I'm not going to read it uh, because, it, number one, I wasn't given permission to read the email. And I do believe that it was more of a personal um, search for a, a reply rather than me to talk about it. But... Since it was asked, and I'm not exposing who it is, and just by the luck of the drawer, I landed on it, do I miss drugs? Well, let's put alcohol in the mix of that, too. Do I miss drugs and alcohol? No. No. I really, really don't. I don't. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to this place in my life, but it's weird, guys, because there was a time when, you know, drugs were mentioned or uh, they popped into my mind that I could feel exactly how I feel now, and that sickened. But at the same token, depending on the day that it was, I missed them, and I longed for that. And maybe it's because I wasn't medicated, and I am properly medicated now. Um, don't get me wrong, guys. You know, I, I am manic enough that if, you know, one of you people knew who I was, and you strolled on up to me right now, pulled up next to me, and, hey, Mr. Joe, you know, take a hit, or do a line. I don't know, man. I don't know. It would be very hard for me to resist it in the moment, but I've been around it before and I have resisted. So really all drugs does to me is bring up really, really bad memories. Now, I do miss the feeling to some extent that, let's put it this way, cocaine used to give me where you know I had motivation to basically do everything. Um, so it's not the drug itself, it's more of the feeling, but guess what, I'm content, because every so often I get to feel like this, you know, based on my bipolar disorder, uh, it goes right up there, man, um, in terms of my heightened, you know, mind and state of mind, or, so today it feels like I'm on drugs, <laughs> so, you know, it's very hard for me to even compare or say how I might feel, but I will tell you, based on where I am at my life, in my life, I do not miss drugs in the least bit. I did think about alcohol. Good God, when was it? And I, you know, I said to myself, man, I'm going to have to save this for my podcast in terms when I did. Th oh, here we go. My family and I, my wife and my two kids, we 
turn the block and right near the edge of our block or the edge of our neighborhood a brand new bar opened we live uh, very close to a strip of stores um, very very cute little stores you know um, old school man very nostalgic and there was a bar there that closed down and all of a sudden it opened back up and it's got these big neon lights and you know all this stuff and for the moment I said to my wife I said Man, imagine that bar turns into something big in the sense where, you know, that's the place to be because it looks so cool that, you know, people from other towns other than Mr. Joe's neighborhood would start flocking there. And for a very brief moment, I thought about having no responsibilities and sitting in that bar at a stool and drinking my blues away. And I even said it to my wife. I said, man, I go, keep me away. I go, because I am such a dirtbag loser that I can envision myself not caring about anything and just getting blasted on a stool from morning until night. And for the moment, it felt good. It really did, thinking about that. But you won't find me in that bar. So yeah, man, I'm still susceptible to all of it the same way that you guys are. But ultimately, no, I don't miss it. I don't miss the way I feel afterwards, I don't miss searching for it and craving for it and being anxious when I can't get it and driving around in circles in a parking lot waiting for my drug dealer to, to meet me and wondering where the cocaine is. No, I don't miss any of it. It actually sickens me, So, but I do miss the feeling. Um, so I don't know, man. Maybe I do miss it. I don't know. You take it for what it's worth. Now, a very interesting question here. It was, and again, summarized, if you didn't work with autism... What would you do? Good question, guys. Um, I actually have a very easy answer for that one. And the answer is simple. I would do something with computers. Simple as that. Uh, whether it's fixed computers, probably technical support, you know, building computers, fixing them. It's something that I'm very good at, something that I taught myself completely. I probably mentioned it at some point in time in one of our podcasts, but um, I learned at a very young age the, how to deal with computers by borrowing my dad's Discover card at the time, him allowing me to go buy a uh, personal computer and me taking it home that very night and taking it, taking it completely apart and putting it together um, based on books that I had taken out from the library because back then there was no internet or Google. And when I finally did put my computer back together again, the only way I was able to get online was America Online through a dial-up modem. So, um, but that is something that I would love to do. And, you know, I don't get paid to do it now, but I am the family computer, um, you know, fixer. Anybody has a problem, they call me. Any of my friends call me. Um, and, of course, I don't charge anybody. But I probably could make a little living on the side off of it. No, I shouldn't say a living, but make a little bit of extra cash. And, again, if I didn't work with autism and families of children with autism and staff members that work with autism and train people and work directly with the kids and the adults, that is something that I would love to do, is work on computers. Um, listen, as a youngster, I wanted to be a baseball player until my parents forced me to play, and then I wanted to rebel, and I had no interest. You know, Obviously, that never came true, nor did I think it was ever going to amount to anything, but it's still a good thing for our kids to do, get involved in sports. So I'm glad that I did. Just, you know, man, just don't pressure them because we don't appreciate that. It really turned me off having my... It was more about them. 
It wasn't about me. They wanted to be at the games. They wanted to cheer. They wanted to brag. They wanted to say, my little Joey, look at him. He hit another home run. I mean, come on, please. Anyway, um, another question that came up. Your biggest complaint about your disorder right now. Hmm. Wow. I forgot that one. <laughs> I forgot that I pulled that one out. Um, my biggest complaint. I mean, I, I mean, it probably should be the mood swings, but it's not, believe it or not. I think my biggest complaint now is that I have been unable to rid myself of the extreme paranoia that I continuously deal with. I think that's the problem. I think equal to that would also be the OCD that I am currently battling. Um, and, and I'll explain real quickly what that stems into is something that's been relatively new for me that has really become bothersome. And this is not the way I used to be at all, guys. But how do I put this? Everything grosses me out lately. Foods, smells, tastes, and more importantly, germs. And I was never, ever, ever like that. You know, I'm now this person who thinks about everything that I do. You know, I went to a, a baseball game um, a couple of days ago, which I didn't even mention. That was a nice trip with my family. Um, and all I thought about the whole ride home, because I didn't have hand sanitizer, was the fact that as I climbed the stairs in the um, stadium, you know, I was touching those handrails. And that's all I thought about. You know, I find myself now really, like, after I wash my hands in the bathroom, I don't want to touch the door to open it. Um, my God, I mean, I'm even trying to get my kids to wash their hands more than... And listen, washing your hands is a good thing, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I've taken it to the extreme. We have this ottoman that sits in the center of our living room that actually goes with the couch. And man, was it destroyed, stained, gross. I mean, we needed to get rid of it, but my wife said, you know what, this is a beautiful piece of furniture. Let me see what I could do with it. And she took it outside. She actually used the hose, she took all this soap and cleaner, and I have to tell you, she brought it back in, and it was spotless. I'm like, wow, man, glad we didn't throw that out. Well, one day I'm sitting on the couch, and almost like a dog, my nose is up in the air, and I'm, what the, what the hell is that smell? And for days, I could not figure it out. And of course, it sickened me <laughs> to no end. And then finally, one day, a couple of days ago, one of the dogs was laying on that. And I picked the dog up to take it into our bedroom, and I smelt the smell on the dog. And I said, well, they, she never smelled like this before. What is this? Sure as anything, the ottoman smelled. And according to my wife, it's a musty smell. And a mildewy smell, she, she believes that she didn't let it dry enough outside. Guys, that ottoman sits next to the bigger section of the couch. And I will not sit any longer on that couch because that means my feet have to go up on that ottoman. Refuse to do it. No way, no how. To the point where every day I walk in that house and I complain, I say, what are we going to do about this thing? It needs to go. Oh, you're exaggerating, it's not that bad. And she'll stick a nose right up to it. I don't smell anything. I'm like, oh my God. Guys, it smells, okay? It really smells. So we need to get rid of that thing. <laughs> I've had enough of that. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't sound so crazy, but 
Um, you know, these are the types of things um, that well, really ultimately, I guess the biggest problem is it's not allowing me to function to some degree. You know, it's stopping me from doing the things that I used to do. And, you know, it's even further, it goes further than just sitting on the more comfortable, bigger couch. You know, my son, when we go to sleep, he, well, when, no, I shouldn't say that. When we watch wrestling at night or, you know, he's getting ready for bed and he watches one of his shows, he, um, you know, he likes to sit there with me and I put my arm around him. He's got his little OCD too. The problem is he wants the ottoman pushed up against that couch and no matter what I do, he'll fight me to get it back there. And, but I used to love sitting with him and over the last week, I won't sit there. Now he moves over to the little section with me, which is great, but... You know, it's a little weird, guys, a little weird. You know, I, I won't go into certain bathrooms now. I won't eat certain foods. I mean, you know, I, I, I try to eat a healthy breakfast every day. And I don't know how healthy this is going to sound, but um, I'll eat mostly egg whites. And I'll mix that with an avocado cut up and salsa. Not spicy, you know, just a little bit of salsa to give it some flavor. And it's delicious. I love it. Okay, it's pretty healthy for you. And one day last week, my wife, the wonderful woman that she is, made my breakfast for me. And I'm eating it, and I'm saying to myself, man, this tastes a little watery. Like, what the hell is going on? So I said something to her, and she's like, oh, she's like, I didn't have any more spray for the pan. She's like, I used a little bit of oil. She's like, I guess that's what it is. I said, oh, okay, whatever, oil and eggs, I don't know, whatever. Let it go. Well, anyway, the next day, it happened again. And I made the breakfast. I said, what the hell is going on? It ended up that that batch of avocados actually were very watery. And nothing like that had ever happened to me. But guys, I won't buy avocados anymore. I mean, come on. And I love them. I love them. But, you know, I, I think I'm going to get over that one pretty quick. I have to be honest because I miss that stuff. So, um, But that's the type of thing that's been happening. And, you know, for what it's worth... You eat the eggs, you taste it a little watery, big deal, whoop-de-doo, eat something else, go on with your day. But for me, I'll rack my brains out all day long and say to myself, why? Why was it like that? What, you know, what, what went wrong? Blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's just not healthy at all. So I think those are, the, if I was to give three things, my germophobia, my OCD, in general, having to line things up and get things done and, you know, uh, do things at a certain time in a certain way and a certain cleanliness to them. And um, in conjunction with the paranoia, those are the three things I think that are really, really still troublesome to me. And guys, when I'm manic, I'm not paranoid, just so you know. Could care less. When I'm manic and the way I feel right now, I'm the best autism specialist, I'm the best behavior analyst. I am the best at applied behavior analysis. I can decipher any behavior and understand what the motivation is behind it. I could train any staff member. I could speak in front of any crowd about any topic. But when I'm not, and obviously guys, I'm not the best at everything. I just think I am. Because I'm, you know, when you're manic, you think who the hell you are. At least I'm man enough to admit that and I know that it's not real. But nevertheless, when I'm not feeling this way, I'm worried about everything. The same man who flew in with a cape and wants to do for everybody is the same man that's, you know, in a fetal position, shivering in the corner, wondering about when I'm going to get fired next. 
you know, so that's, those are two different, very different feelings. Um, so, I don't know. I'm glad that I was back for a second day in a row, and uh, I'm glad we made it through this podcast. Um, I'm hoping to some degree that this mania sticks with me for a couple more days, uh, but obviously I'll always keep you guys posted on how I'm feeling and what I'm doing, and again, it was great to be back for two days in a row. Um, as always, if you have something to say, a question, a comment, please reach out to me at MrJoeBP at Yahoo.com, or you can find me on Twitter at MrBipolarJoe. Now, in closing, I'd like to say if you are living with a mental illness and you're doing well, like I am right now, continue to work hard. Uh, If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness, continue to support that person the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness, I ask that you continue to fight, continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you for listening, guys. I'll talk to you again real soon. Have an awesome day.